Hey, welcome back everyone. Good to be with you today. And firstly, let me just take this opportunity just to say happy Father's Day to those who are watching. And uh, I hope that if you're a father today, you're enjoying your kids spoiling you and connecting with your family. Also, our prayers are with those today who uh, have lost their fathers and our hearts are with you. We know that Father's Day for some can be a time of celebration, but for others it can be a raw moment, can't it? And uh, so, hey, we just want to wish you a happy Father's Day today. Now today's a little bit of an unusual Sunday because this is a bit of a transition, a bit of a crossing over in what we're doing and many of you would have heard the announcements from Boris uh, last Monday about what's allowed with our meetings and everything. So we're planning now on moving forwards and stepping forwards a bit with how we do church on Sundays and bringing together some of our gatherings again. And I know people are watching today from homes all over the United Kingdom and all over the world and we want to welcome you and people are in our venues now working with the children big shout out to those who are in our um, campus venues around the country but we're gathering around a plan today and I wanted to take a moment I'm going to share a few thoughts of a word in a moment but I wanted to share a moment today just to talk about the next few steps this is actually our 65th week of being online since it all happened on that first week 65 weeks ago we've had 65 online services and I want to give a big shout out to our media team uh, specifically Dan and Smudge and the guys who have been working relentlessly Ty the guys of Fergie there's just so many I know I'm Bertha I'm going to miss somebody out but everybody that's worked behind the scenes the last 65 weeks to to make our online church such a success and we've had so much um, incredible feedback from people testimonies of lives touched and God's been doing what he does through this very unusual as it was termed unprecedented season now what we're going to be looking to do and this is our hope today but today will be the last time that we have online church in the format that you've known but it's going to continue in a great format and we're going to speak about that in a few moments but what we're looking for next week is for the congregations of Family Church to begin to regather. And again, some of our plans are weather dependent. Some of them are, are, are government dependent. But we want to do our very, very best now to begin to gather together. We don't want to wait four weeks. We're going to do everything legally. Everything's going to be done to the letter. But we're going to do everything that we can now to begin to gather the congregations together so that they can enjoy corporate worship that's one of the things I've missed is just being together for corporate worship and uh, and just having community and being together and each of the congregations have got a different plan for what they're going to be doing the next four weeks now the good news is through it all our online congregations going to be continuing and going to a new format so for any if it for any reason the congregation that you normally attend isn't able to meet that week you will be able to come and join us 10 30 here as per normal but our plan is that there won't be any complications and if you're a part of like our Portsmouth congregation gospel haven't uh, Waterlooville Waterside um, each of our congregations if you're a part of those congregations you need to stay in touch with your pastors 
messages. You need to be watching your Facebook page, opening your emails, asking questions. The next four weeks is going to be very, very kind of on our toes, working with what we can do, believing God for incredible weather. For Portsmouth, we're going to be doing church on the field at the school. So we just really need some great weather. But each of the congregations has got a unique plan for gathering in or around their normal buildings or venues. But please, please, please be staying in touch with what's coming on the website and what your congregational pastors are releasing concerning what the plan for your congregation is. So it's going to be exciting. We're just going to be trusting God the next four weeks. I'm so thankful that we're continuing and we've got great plans for our online congregation. But like I said before, if there's a complication, if the rain doesn't allow us in Portsmouth to meet like we want to meet, just first all you need to do is come back to online congregation at 1030. All right. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what online church is going to look like moving forwards, because... It's not going into now a maintain mode. We've got some great excitement yeah. concerning what we want to see God do through online church. Like I said, 65 weeks, 65 Sundays, we've been together. People have been watching from cruise ships, from workplaces, um, from their homes, from different places across England, America, the Philippines, Africa. We want to continue to keep the momentum of what we're doing with online church. Now, let me say, if you're a part of a, a congregation, if you were a part of a congregation uh, prior to coming into lockdown, our dream and our heart for you is get locked in to your local congregation as quick and as fast as you can. But we also know that some people will be transitioning back, some because of health issues, some because of work issues, some people's transition back into meeting together with the body of Christ may be a little bit slower. That's where we've got great news. Online congregation is still continuing. Also, we've gathered a whole bunch of new people that call Family Church their home. Yep. We love that. Some of them are from around the country. Some of them are from around the world. What we don't want to do as we look to transition back to physical gatherings again is lose what God has done who's gathered those who are now calling family church their home it's more than something they watch on sunday yeah. we've got people around the country and they now say we are family church what we're saying is we're not going to let you down we're not going to unplug the cameras but actually our plans moving forward isn't just about a sunday broadcast it's about building a worldwide a nationwide community and i want to take some time to speak about that today now now, let me just underline again, just in case you didn't hear, from next week, each of our physical congregations in their different locations are taking steps to move forward in meeting and gathering together. Stay in touch with what your congregation is doing. But for all of those that aren't ready to come back to that gathering yet because of health or other issues, or those <coughs> excuse me, who have joined our journey over the last 65 weeks, and you say... Family church is my church. Family church is my family. I want to be a part of an online congregation. We want to let you know a little bit about what that's going to look like, okay? 
Firstly, I want to introduce to you Sarah. And Sarah is going to be pastoring the online congregation. Now, you would have seen Sarah over the last eight weeks, ten weeks. (coughs) Time goes goes by so quickly, doesn't it? You would have seen Sarah a lot on our online services recently and said, hey, I wonder who that lady is. She seems to be on there a lot. That's because we've been working with Sarah behind the scenes to actually take on the presenting, the leading and the pastoring of what online church is going to look like moving on in its new format from next week. So firstly, I want you to learn a little bit about who Sarah is. You've seen a cheery, smiley, ever encouraging face on a Sunday morning as you've tuned in for online church. But some of you have the question, but who is Sarah Carter? So Sarah, would you like to tell people a little bit about who you are, how long you've been on the journey, and just some interesting information about who Sarah is. Okay, I can't promise interesting. Um, In a nutshell, I think um, Mark and I walked into Family Church about 20 years ago, just over, I think. Uh, Two individuals really in need of Jesus, um, not doing well at all. And Family Church for us was just the perfect environment because we were discipled by people doing the journey with us, by attending the Bible school, um, and just were really allowed to change and become um, who God wanted us to be. And so then we married a year later and have, I think, served on every team. You've been on every team. Between you and Mark, you've been on every team. (laughs) I did actually get kicked off the um, tea and coffee team. Horrible like that. Can't multitask. Um, But uh, we spent 10 years together doing youth ministry. A lot of fun. Probably the longest anyone ever did youth ministry. I think so. Loved it. And then we went on to do students and young adults for eight years. Um, we've been involved in all kinds of discipleship. Uh, Mark's very much involved with the worship, yeah. and so and I love the behind the stage scenes thing, which is kind of how I ended up here. <laughs> the plan was to be the other side of the camera, um, but yeah, really excited about this next season um, of being part of the online church. And we're excited that Sarah's going to be heading this up, and uh, you know, with the support of her husband Mark, they're going to be doing a great job of what online church becomes now for those who have made it home. And there's so much, so much experience within Sarah. Like she says, she's been around family church and involved in family church for over 20 years. Isn't that incredible? And I actually am having troubles thinking of something that you and Mark have not been involved in. I think you've pretty much been in it, done it, helped us to initiate, helped us to start. And that's fantastic. And for me, this is now a new thing that God is doing. And I believe he's going to do an incredible job for you, Sarah. As you begin to lead um, what happens with our online congregation. Now, when we speak about online congregation, we're not talking about a Sunday moment alone. Our heart for online congregation is those who at this time can't physically gather or those who from around the country and around the world have said, you know what, I feel aligned with the vision and the heart of Family Church. I want to be Family Church. What we want to do is provide an incredible Sunday moment that has live aspects where we gather together, like 
like we've been doing for 65 weeks but also we have done a lot of work behind the scenes to open connect groups there's going to be connect groups there's going to be pastoral care there's going to be uh, community there's going to be everything that a person can experience in one of our other congregations apart from the physical meeting at this moment but we were planning this year towards the end this year to have one of our big one events you know where we hire a guild hall and uh, wouldn't it be awesome if people that are a part of our online congregation come and join us at the guild hall that weekend for that event so what we're saying is we're not going to now change the format from being what it's been to something that you just watch every now and then Mm. if online congregation is where you're going to be moving forwards either short term or longer term we want you to jump in with both feet because we're jumping in with both feet what can people expect sarah from our online congregation on sundays let's start with sundays first what will sundays look like i think when you and i first kind of chatted about this a while ago um i got really excited i mean we've been involved in launching haven't church the gospel church and they pioneering something has always got me excited but some of you will know that for me i had like a six month period in my life where i couldn't actually be at church i i was prepared for lockdown like I've done my lockdown. You did your apprenticeship. <laughs> I've in that. done that um, many years ago, and so we've had the online streaming service, which for me was a lifeline. So for me, I totally understand how much this live stream really does connect people to church. But what you missed out in that experience back then, we were literally just streaming what was happening on a Sunday. Now I already had relationships with people in the church, so they might text me, "How are you doing?" I would text, you know, when the message taps on something that you've had that conversation during the week with somebody and I might text them and go oh that's what we were saying and God was listening and you have these little kind of banters that you might say to the person sat next to you or when you're in the coffee hall and you miss all of that when you're at home on your own watching a live stream so this that we've done in lockdown of the last 65 weeks has really kind of brought church into people's living rooms and so hopefully you have felt and I know for me watching you feel more that this is actually for you that you can engage with us there's been the zoom calls beforehand that the churches have been able to do um, with their congregations and it's been you know we watch the uh, facebook messages as they come in and it's more interactive and i feel that it's been a better way of actually reaching people so on a sunday morning we want to keep a lot of that for our online congregation so we are going to do the zoom calls from 10 o'clock um, we'll spend 20 minutes saying hi, having a coffee, finding out how everybody is, finding out what the prayer requests are and just seeing each other's faces. Um, and if you have your camera off, that's fine also. But, you know, we just want to know how you are so that you're not just a passive audience, but you, you feel like a congregation. And we also be live here in the studio, probably much to this format. I'll try and get some guests in, so it's not just all me. And we will have a message that Pastor Annie is going to record specifically for us. It will be a little bit shorter than because we've realised that actually smaller bites are easier when you're just sat. Now on that, on that, on that, Sarah, we noticed when we were talking about this, we said prior to lockdown, we almost had cameras on the stages at Portsmouth, yeah. watching what we were doing from the side, almost like viewing. It. Yeah. We don't want to do that. We've loved this ability to be able to talk down a camera, come into people's homes. And one of the things in our planning was to retain that, yeah. to keep that live. This is happening for you. You're not just spectating another event. And I 
our other congregations are going to go on to full-on events, but this is going to be uniquely built each week with a live element, isn't it? Yeah. Just for you. Yeah. Sorry, I cut in no, on no, you. No, that's cool. And uh, the worship will be pre-recorded, but um, you've learned how to do that at home now, and we're going to do it here in the studio. You won't have to watch that. But when the worship, when we're worshiping together, we'll be worshiping together. So even though you'll be doing it in your home and I'll be doing it here in the studio, it will. There'll still be that element of worship that again is specifically for you. It's not the voyeuristic. Of, yeah. um, Central having a wonderful time this morning, um, but actually, you know, it's going to be all specifically for you. Um, we'll be chatting, so we'll be able to have the little comments like "This is amazing." We can encourage each other on the Facebook and the YouTube channels. We can do messaging that way. Um, and then, what's really important is once we all go home, I'll be going home, you'll be staying <laughs> home, or if you're at work, is that we will then unpack that at the Connect Group on yeah. Thursday. So there will be a chance for people to talk about how they're implementing that in their lives. Um, and the Connect Group has been really excited. Yeah. So we started that online congregation. So if you filled in a form recently saying that you're going to be part of the online congregation, you would have had a message from me to encourage you to get involved in that. And that has been amazing. Like you said, there's people from all over the world as well as all over the country. And there have been so many testimonies that have come out of that. And when you've been talking about discipleship, the other guys, and some of them obviously in America aren't in as much of a lockdown as we are, so they've been able to go out and take the good news in. Crazy soul winning, some of them, eh? They've been out there. Absolutely amazing. And as a group, we felt like we're part of that, because even though I haven't been out to leave the house, I've been working from home this whole time. Because I'm praying with them, and we're sharing with them, and we're encouraging each other, I feel like as a group, we are changing the world. Mm. And so actually, the reach is much bigger than if we'd have a local local connect group. So although you lose that, some of it, that we sit in a room together, you actually have a bigger impact because you're impacting the whole world. So I really can't encourage you enough to get on that because I think we need each other. We yeah. need to walk with each other. So just as one of our physical congregations, Gosport, Portsmouth, Waterside, you know, haven't, uh, Portsmouth, just as they meet and there's a Sunday moment and then they have, well, we always try to people to get the people into the community. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly the same with online. So Sunday mornings, you're going to tune in 10.30 and Sarah's going to be here live. There's going to be guests in. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be really watchable. There's going to be a time of praise and worship that's been built specifically for people watching from home online church. Then there's going to be a word that's aimed directly at you, recorded for you. But meanwhile, someone in New York can be going, ah, oh, that's really spoke to me. Someone from Yorkshire can be going, ah, oh, I love what God's saying this morning you're going to be um, more than presenting it you're going to be pastoring but then also what happens during the week with the connect groups now we're dreaming a little bit aren't we here with some of the things because it's not just about maintain we've got dreams of seeing online church go into hospitals yeah but imagine if we can get online church it's really watchable solid teaching praise and worship interaction live interaction because that's going to be the key part is the live interaction in our hospitals on the cruise ships uh, with our military so we're not just sitting there going oh well it's been an interesting 65 weeks we've got to be hybrid let's just keep doing what we're doing no we're we're not saying that we're saying come on let's use what God's done to make an online congregation that's effective life changing evangelistic 
reaching people. Like in the connect groups, we want to see an American connect group. We want to see an African connect group. We want to see connect groups springing up. Yeah. Just as the plan for the congregations that physically meet, that's our plans for what online church is going to be. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. What else do we need to know, Sarah? Well, later on, we might find that people are meeting in their homes to watch on a Sunday. So actually, there can be little congregations all throughout. We could be planting well. churches. Yeah, planting churches in and getting them started that way. Because it's, it's often hard. If you're in a, a village or a city where there is no church need, that you, you know, it's not meeting your needs, you could actually have family church streamed into your lounge and start your whole church from that yeah. basis. And we're, we're going to be encouraging that because we've had a number of people from around the country, around the world go, we feel like we're family church. And I'm like, well, we don't want you just to stay like this for the rest of your life. Why not gather two or three people, like you say, in your home and do church together? Yeah. And suddenly we're going to have to have a congregation here, a congregation there. What I'm saying is anything could happen. Yeah. And what we're not saying is, all right, let's just change gear and now go through the motion. That's not the heart of myself or Sarah or the team, the media guys. It's come on. Let's now get as many of the congregation as we can, when we can, gathering together in the locations that they attended before, bringing people they won to Jesus, uh, being outward looking, disciple making. But at the same moment, the same time, we want to next week change format and make online church, our online congregation, vibrant, um, real time, interactive, a place where you can continue to grow and be disciples. Now, I just think that's going to be super exciting, eh? Very exciting. I'm going to send out an email next week with details of how you can get on the Zoom call beforehand, um, how you can join us, channels will be on. So make sure you have registered to say you're going to stay with the online church and you'll hear from me. Um, And there's things that we are going to need. We're going to need a prayer team and people to get alongside and disciples. So as a congregation, we're going to try and do everything that a physical congregation does um, and make sure that you definitely feel part of family church and not a voyeur kind of watching what's going on. And you're going to have me speaking. You're going to have guests coming in. We're going to really build online congregation for those who are committing to it. It's going to be fun. You're going to suddenly go, who's that (laughs) guest? We want you to meet this person. Someone speaking in one of the congregations. But it come and... uh, say hi to everyone. It's going to be super, super, super exciting. So whatever you're choosing to do at this time, we want to provide something for you that keeps you growing. Let me just underline again, we've got plans the next four weeks for each of our congregations to be regathering. Like I said, Portsmouth is going to be um, looking to gather on the fields in groups of 30 or legally, uh, but we're going to begin to look to gather together. But if for some reason, one of the congregations you're a part of can't meet that week and we're believing that's not going to happen but if for some reason then all you do 10.30 you come and join your church again online and we're going to walk through together the next four weeks please be praying for us the next four weeks we're going to just be trusting God doing everything the heart of your church the heart of your church leaders is we're going to do everything we can to bring this all back together but also now have an incredible online church and then in four weeks 
Hence, we're going to look to um, hopefully everything going good, regather within our buildings and just get back to the normality, but yet being different yeah. to, and, and hungry for what God wants to do next. Now, Sarah, I want us to pray for a few people today. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, just I want you to pray, if you would, just for the online congregation yeah. and those who are purposing to be a part, either for a season or this is now their congregation. We also want to remember Lester. He's got breathing issues and needs salvation. Uh, severe breathing issues need salvation. Add a few prayer requests. And again, with online church, we want your prayer requests coming in. We want it to be, you know, praying on the morning. It's going to be, it's not, not you're not going to be watching something pre-recorded. It's going to be happening here, yeah. praying for people, hearing testimonies. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited by it. want to pray for this lady for a touch of health, a touch of God in her health, not a touch of health in her God, a touch of God in her health. This young guy, Brody, one years old, currently in hospital with bronchitis on a dependency unit. We want to see a miracle there. We want to pray for this lady, Anne, with seizures. And we've had a number of other prayer requests come in. Come on, let's gather together. I'm going to pray for these. And then would you just pray in this transition week, the, the physical congregations would get it right and we would get it so right so that we're serving everyone we can the best way we can. Father, we want to pray for these people today. We just want to pray healing upon their bodies. We want to pray a touch of health. We want to pray for Lester, that there would be salvation in his life and also miracles in his lungs and in his heart. For this lady, Claire, touch of God in her health, Lord. Just turn things around. Let tests come back absolutely fine and let recovery break out. For young Brody, Father, we join together today as a church family and we just speak miracles over him. That bronchitis would stop. You'd raise him up. He would be totally healed. For Anne with his seizures, we say in Jesus' name, let those seizures stop and let Anne recover. And for every other prayer request for health, for breakthrough, for relationships, Lord, show yourself mighty, we pray, as people place their faith in you. Amen. Sarah. Father, I just want to thank you. Your word says when we ask for wisdom, it's ours. Lord, I thank you that um, having watched the team as they've pulled together the plans for regathering, Lord, I just want to thank you that you've given us wisdom in every step of the way. Lord, nothing stops your church. Nothing can stop your church. Nothing has stopped your church. And Father, I just thank you that we are going to have great weather for the next four weeks. Yeah, amen. People will be able to meet together. They'll be able to encourage each other. And Lord, everything will go smoothly. The neighbours will catch on. It's going to be an incredible witness to you, Lord, that as a church we refuse to be stopped. And Father, I just want to pray for everybody who's thinking of joining the online congregation. Lord, the enemy's biggest plan is to isolate people and to make them feel that they're unloved and uncared for. But Lord, you meet every person in their living room. You meet every person in their workplace. Wherever they are, Lord, you're able to reach them and I thank you that now through this advancing technology we are also able to reach them as people and Father I pray that people will feel connected to you and connected to each other that Lord there will still be authentic worship and word coming into their lives but Lord you will be able to minister to their every need regardless of where they are and their circumstance Lord we're so grateful to you that you've given us these tools that in this period of time we were still able to minister to you and to each other Amen Amen. and remember if you're going to be a part of our online congregation you need to contact us let us know and we've got details of where they contact who do they contact is it still yep there's a form still on the app and the website so uh, won't be there for much longer though so make sure do do it now so if you're going to be a part of online church moving forwards let us know so we can serve you the best we can brilliant thank you Sarah thank you we're going to jump in to a message now yes 
Hey, I'm so excited about where God's leading us on to next. You would have heard there some of our plans about our online congregation. I'm excited about what God's going to be doing in our congregations, our family church congregations, as we begin to gather them back together, but also what the Lord's going to now do through this exciting opportunity we have to remain an online church at the same time. Where we're going next is simply coming from a desire that we want to be followers who are following Jesus. We want to follow him in what he plans to do next in our nation and in our lives. You know, there's many different names that are given to those people, you and me, who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ. Often we're referred to as Christians. And actually the word Christian is only used around about three times in the Gospels. Um, and often it was derogative. It meant um, somebody saying, oh, those Christians, oh, those little Jesuses. It meant kind of those little Jesuses. And it described people who had placed faith in Christ and become followers and disciples of him. Now, the word Christian is a name that we've adopted for ourselves. When people say, you know, are you religious? You would say, I'm a Christian. But actually, you know, there's other names that describe us. I sometimes think a better or more accurate one would be believers often we say oh we're believers do you believe in Jesus yes I'm a believer other times we would say I'm a disciple because the word Christian was actually like I said only ever mentioned around three or four times in the gospels and in that time when people were walking and following Jesus but the word disciple was used over and over and over again Jesus never said come to me and be a Christian he said come to me and be a disciple he didn't raise Christians he raised disciples, believers and followers. Now names and titles are normally meant to describe the attributes or behaviour of someone or something. Whenever you use a name or a title, it's meant to describe. It's like if we use the name postman. When I say postman, you say person who delivers letters or should deliver letters. When I say baker, you say somebody that makes bread. Now, if I say they used to be a baker, that meant they used to bake bread, but they don't bake bread anymore. When we use names and titles, they're often used to describe the attributes or expected behaviour of a group of people. If we use the word teacher, we expect that person to be somebody who's teaching others. Now, that's the same when we look at what we call ourselves as people who have placed faith in Jesus Christ. We call ourselves believers because hopefully we're believing. If we call ourselves a believer, the attribute of being a believer is that we're someone who now believes. When we call ourselves a disciple, it's because we're someone who's committed to leave the crowd experience of knowing Jesus and experience like we've been sharing the last few weeks. Discipleship, training, seeing him change us from the inside out. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be somebody that just calls myself something Yet the attributes or the behaviour of my life when people watch me actually disagree with the title or the name that I'm using to describe what I am. Now, another key name that's used for people that place faith in Christ, there's Christian, there's believer, there's disciple. Another key name is followers. We call ourselves followers of Jesus. We say, oh, I'm following Jesus. 
Now, the reason that we call ourselves followers is because we've purposed in our hearts to follow Jesus wherever he leads us. Now, we purposed in our hearts to follow him and not religion. I don't want to follow religion. I don't want to go where religion is going because it's not going anywhere interesting at all. It's going around in the same old circles. It's always gone around. I want to be found as a believer, somebody who's believing the promises of God, believing the word of God, believing every word that Jesus has said. I want to be a disciple, someone who's growing in his walk with the Lord, but also I want to be a follower. So what is a follower? A follower is somebody who sets their heart and attention on following someone or something. Maybe you're a dedicated follower of fashion, which means when the fashions change, you change. When the fashions go in a new direction, you go in a new direction. I can't really claim to be a great follower of fashion. I've done my best at times, but I wouldn't call myself a dedicated follower of fashion. Maybe you're a follower of football or a band. And what does that mean? It means that you're dedicated in your heart and in your attention to go where they're going. Now, we've got a a team in Portsmouth called Portsmouth Football Club. They've got the same initials as our church, Portsmouth Family Church. And sometimes you have fans or you have followers, people that would say, oh, I follow Portsmouth Football Club. And for others, they would say Southampton or or Manchester United or, or manner of teams, really, not based on people's location these days, but just rather their favourite team. Now, some people would go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll watch a little bit of football every now and then. Others would say, no, I am a follower of Portsmouth Football Club or Manchester United or Manchester City or Leeds United. Now, what often means a true follower is somebody that actually follows the team where they're going. Some people are followers of football teams and they've got a season ticket and they'll go and watch the team and be a follower of the team when they're playing at home. But other people were like, no, 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 we're diehard. We, we, we are true followers. When our team goes and plays somewhere, we're going with them. So a follower, whether it's with fashion, football, or a band that you like, is somebody that has a heart attachment and places their attention on being where that person or thing is and doing what that person or thing is doing. Now, in the Gospels, we see Jesus regularly calling people to come and follow him. He was he called people to be followers. He called people to become disciples. And he still does today. There's about 13 recorded times in the Gospels where Jesus says to somebody, come and follow me. And what he was inviting them to do was leave the crowd of normality, spectator, consumerism, religion, and to follow him, to have a daily experience of him in their daily, everyday, bespoke world. Now, there's a couple of examples. Matthew 4, verses 18 to 20, gives us that moment where Jesus comes up to those fishermen. And he stepped into the world of his fishermen that were owning boats. They had their father's business, their grandfather's business. They'd always been fishermen. Suddenly Jesus appears in that moment and says, drop your nets, leave the boats, come and follow me and I will make you fishers now of men. And it says instantly they left their nets and they followed him, which meant they became followers. They said, we're going to go where he's going. Another moment is in Matthew 9 verse 9 where Jesus 
goes past this man called Matthew at a tax booth. He was a tax collector. And without any warning, it's a normal day of collecting taxes. Suddenly Jesus appears and he says to Matthew, leave tax collecting right now. Come and follow me. And it says instantly, Matthew left the tax collecting desk, left everything, got up and became a follower, not a fashion, not of a football team, not of a band, but a follower, not of religion, but of Jesus. You see, all these people that you see Jesus come up to and say, follow me, were probably at a stage in their life where other rabbis hadn't picked them. Because it was customary in Israel that a rabbi would come past a young man and go, follow me. And uh, that young man would leave what they were doing to follow the rabbi, the Pharisee, the Sadducee. But these men, these fishermen, these tax collectors had been overlooked or not wanted, however you want to outplay that. But Jesus always had them in his heart to be his followers. So you see these moments, there's 13 recorded moments that I found in the Gospels where Jesus came to individuals in their everyday world world and said your life looks okay God's got better for you why don't you leave what you're doing just like God did to Abraham when he said to Abraham leave your town leave your parents come and follow me God's got an adventure for you in the same way Jesus stepped into the everyday world of fishermen tax collectors Luke was a doctor many of them from different trades different backgrounds but all had the same invitation Stop now, move away from watching what I'm doing, come and follow me, be a follower. He called them away from an impersonal crowd experience into a daily relational walk with him. And that's what Jesus still does today. Religion says, right, come with us. We're going to sit you quietly in a people storage unit. And that's going to be about the end of your experience. But Jesus isn't religious, you see. Jesus still looks for people. I was a greengrocer. I sold fruit and veg. Um, you know, I wanted to be Elvis in the evening. You know, I, I was just a crazy mess. Jesus stepped into my world and didn't say, come and watch me on Sundays. He said, come and follow me. And all I know was 30 years ago, I left what I knew to be my normal life to follow him. And boy, there's been moments where it's been scary. It's been breath. I've had to breathe in. There's been sharp inhales, but it's been exciting. Why is my Christianity so exciting? Because I am a follower of Jesus. Now, imagine what it was like for them. Suddenly, they had a life full of surprises. These were fishermen, taxmen, doctors, people that had experienced religion, outworked through Pharisees and Sadducees. A lot of their walk with God was done in temples, in moments during the week. And suddenly, they're waking up around a campfire and the Son of God is there. And maybe they woke up first and they went, wow, he's the son of God. Look, he's still asleep. Suddenly Jesus would wake up and he'd have a stretch, have a coffee and go, right, guys, today we're going that way. But they never knew what was going to happen next. With religion, they always knew what was going to happen next. This Sunday, this person speaking, this is what goes on. Then we go home, get on our lives and it all happens again in seven days time. But with Jesus being a follower of Jesus, it was completely different. Suddenly 
Normally, Jesus would wake up and go, all right, today we're going that way, boys. Um, pack the stuff. We're heading that way. What are we going to do today, Jesus? Well, just, just stay with the journey. You're going to enjoy the day. And this one day, he walks into a temple, right? And all the people are exchanging money in the temple. And suddenly, Jesus gets the table, flips it over, lets all the doves out the box, right? There's coins everywhere. People are getting a correct exchange rate. People are taking coins off the floor. Chaos. And suddenly, the disciples must have said, well, we didn't see that happening when we woke up this morning another time go get me a donkey are you asking us to steal a donkey no this is a pre-arranged deal there's a donkey waiting go and collect it and he rode into Jerusalem. another time they're walking down the road and there's a funeral procession he stops it and gets the kid out of the coffin it wasn't normal being a follower of jesus this shattered everything they'd experienced suddenly one day they're in a boat they look and jesus is walking on the water and he says to one of them yeah you come too it's different being a follower suddenly their lives were shaken suddenly they were experiencing things they'd never experienced suddenly they were sitting with Jesus in a room where the religious were having a go at him yet Jesus was sitting and eating with those who had been called sinners and in their minds they must have been thinking but the Pharisees the Sadducees told us not to be with these people we're not meant to be with Gentiles we're not meant to be with sinners but this Jesus he's led us in and now we're sitting and we're eating with them it was brilliant it was chaos but I believe they loved every moment because they weren't in some religious procedure they were now following Jesus and understanding he was the son of God it was life on the edge of the seat different things being shaken every moment as Jesus said no we don't live like that we live like this one morning like I said they woke up and went that way and suddenly some guy that was filled with demons was suddenly set free and they watched all the demons run into the pigs and off of the cliff and that's where deviled ham was experienced or first initiated but the next morning he was doing something else that's what God wants us to experience that's what followers experience Jesus in our everyday lives but we've got a purpose that he's not going to follow us when we call ourselves followers we're not calling him a follower of us we're saying no we're followers of him we want to be about what he's doing where he's going we want to be there what he's doing we want to experience it that's the heart of a follower I want to encourage you today even as we're getting ready to change church again because of lockdown and COVID we've been in meetings we're coming out now we're starting physical the heart of a follower says yeah whatever I just want to be where Jesus is being a part of what Jesus is doing. I want to encourage you, have a heart of a follower, not just a believer or a disciple. Life was full of sudden turns. All of a sudden, Jesus would say, no, no, now we're going this way. Do you know that's what it's like being a Christian? That's what it should be like doing a Christian. Suddenly you get everything arranged. We do this this way at this time. On this day we do this. But you know what? Jesus isn't like that. Jesus, you know, it says of him, well, it says of his spirit, that his, his spirit's like the wind. It blows this way. It blows that way. You don't know where it comes and where it's going. We've got to, we've got to understand that Jesus has called us not to be religious seat warmers, but followers who are living on the edge of the seat of our life excited and expected uh, expectant about what he's going to do next 
Now, as followers, they had a few things in common. If you look at all of the disciples, they had a few things in common. All of them had decided to put him first and they put other things in their correct places. You see Jesus talking to them and saying, if you're going to follow me, you need to deny yourselves. You need to pick up your cross and follow me. You need to not walk in any form of darkness. There were things that these followers of Jesus had in common. One of the things that they had in common was they all had families. They all had relationships. They all had commitments. But they readjusted those commitments, those relationships to make sure that he was first. That was something they had in common. Another thing they had in common was they'd all counted the cost. They'd come to a moment where they said, no turning back, no turning back. Remember, Jesus encouraged them and said, make sure you count the cost. Don't go to war if you can't win. Don't start building a building if you can't finish it. He'd said to them, if you're going to follow me, count the cost. All of the disciples that we read about in the Gospels were men and women who had counted the cost to such a degree that they burnt the bridges behind them. I'm not going back to a religious experience. I'm not going back to a godless experience. I am going to, from this moment, be a follower of Jesus. What he's doing, I'm going to be next to him. Where he's going, I'm heading with him too. And number three, they'd all decided to leave comfort zones and things they'd placed security in. All of them were jobs, fishermen, taxmen, doctors. They all had security in what they were doing. And suddenly they left the security of things that made them feel safe because of the excitement and the joy and the fulfillment of following Jesus, the Son of God. Now, some people couldn't make that decision. There's a story in Mark 10, verses 17 to 27, where Jesus comes upon a rich young ruler. And this rich young ruler says, I want to follow you. I want to be on your team. I've done this. I've treated my parents well. And he basically begins to recite the law of everything he'd done good. And Jesus looked at him and said, that's brilliant. One last thing I need you to do is I need you to sell what you've got, give it to the poor, and then come and follow me. Now, that wasn't a one-size-fits-all statement that Jesus made to everyone. The reason that Jesus said that to that rich young ruler, now think about it, he was rich, he was young, and he was a ruler. He didn't have a bad life. He had a very secure life. But the problem was his security was in being rich, being a ruler, and being young. Jesus said, I need you to leave the things that you've placed security in, the things that make you feel safe, the things that make you feel normal everyday life, to come and follow me. And if you follow me, I'll give you an adventure beyond anything you ever dreamed. This wasn't a random time where he had this single conversation. He said the same thing to the fishermen. He said, I need you to leave your family businesses. I need you to leave, leave fishing where you get your income from. I need you to leave something, not to be left out in some wilderness, but to follow me into something that's much better. Now, you may say to me today, but Andy, it was all right for them, wasn't it? They had the physical Jesus with them. They became followers of the physical Jesus. Now, I was thinking about this last night. Absolutely true. But that's only half the story, you see. Yes, it was easy for them because they had God in physical form, Jesus walking the earth. There was someone physical that they could follow in following Jesus. But actually, it didn't stop there, did it? They experienced this Jesus that was physical dying on a cross and ascending to heaven yet when he ascended to heaven so he wasn't physically on the earth anymore they didn't stop 
being followers of Jesus. Read the book of Acts. They continued on business as usual. In fact, they began to do greater things as the spirit of Jesus that God had promised he would send became resident in their lives. Now, I want you to understand there was a moment for each of these guys we read in the Gospels where they did physically walk with Jesus. He was there when they woke up. He was there when they went to bed. He didn't go off to a private hotel room. He did life with them as he was raising them for ministry. But then there was a moment beyond the cross. After the cross, 50 days, Jesus ascended to heaven. But you don't see them all kind of say, well, that's that done, isn't it? No, they remained followers of Jesus. Why? Because they knew that the spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, was now not only alive around them, but also within them. And they could still be led by Jesus by being led by the Spirit. Another thing Jesus said of his disciples was, my sheep know my voice. They won't follow the voice of a stranger. Now, again, when he was physically with them, that was an outworking of that. But it was no different the other side of the cross. The disciples knew the voice of Jesus. The disciples knew the leading of the Holy Spirit. They knew that the leading of the Holy Spirit was the leading of the Jesus that they once physically knew. I like the way that Paul says it. Now, you've got to bear in mind, Paul probably, the Apostle Paul would have been, he was Saul then, would have probably been about five to eight years old when Jesus was on the earth being crucified. But he had had a physical experience of Jesus. But Paul's walk with Jesus, being a follower of Jesus, was now a spiritual one, just like you and me. He'd had a moment where we met him on the road to Damascus but when when Paul was being led by the Holy Spirit he was following Jesus no less than what Matthew Mark Luke and John did when they physically walked with Jesus no less than what we do today when we say you know what I am a believer I am a disciple but also I am a follower of Jesus it says in 2 Corinthians 5 16 that Paul says oh we once knew him in a physical way but we know him that way no more he didn't say we once knew him in a physical way but then he went he said we once knew him with skin on but we know him that way no more yet we still know him because now the Holy Spirit is Jesus the spirit of Jesus leading us and Jesus actually says more blessed are those who haven't seen and believed that's you and me isn't that exciting all right let's bring this in for a landing bit of a different morning this morning let's bring this in for a landing we are to be his disciples today we are to be believers today and we are to be his followers today but that means that we've got to we've got to live as followers if we're going to call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ we need to make sure that our lives are follow him it needs to be more than a nice song everybody remember sister act where we get or our choir I will follow you follow you wherever no it's got to be more than a nice song that we sing you see being a follower of Jesus is a daily thing where we pick up our cross we deny ourselves we lay down our comforts we push aside the things that give us security why 
die for the prize of being with him, going where he's going, doing what he's doing. We need to, like the disciples that walked with him physically, decide to put him first in all things. Give him no second place, first place for Jesus. Count the cost so that we're not going back or leaving moments, but rather we're advancing with him. Number three, that we're ready to leave other things that have given us comfort or become everyday to us. See, Jesus messed up people's everyday lives. That's what he did. He messed up people's everyday lives, but he always gave them a better life than than the one they left. We want to be people who are following him where he's going next, not held by our yesterdays, the previous experiences that we've had. You know, we can look at how church has been before lockdown and could say, well, yeah, that was kind of comfortable for me. No, 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 that changed. Then we came into lockdown church. Uh We became used to that. But now, now, now God's on the move again. And I believe that we're going to regather the churches. And we're going to launch this incredible online congregation. What we need to do is not be stuck in the mud, religious hearted people, but just go, well, I kind of like what I knew. What if Paul would have said, I like what I knew? What if Matthew would have said, I kind of like fishing, but I'll go to church on Sunday? What if Luke would have said, I like being a doctor? No, the adventure that God had for them was the commitment of their heart that they would leave what they've known to follow him into what they'd never expected. That's a moment for us at church, isn't it? Right now, as we're saying, oh, things are shifting again. We're now moving from a comfortable 65-week experience of gathering online to really with hearts that are on fire for Jesus, moving passionately to regather the people so that we can sing and worship together. But also we want to be a hybrid church that uses technology to reach people that haven't yet been reached. Now, we could address that and go, oh yeah but no I like what I like no 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 don't do that be a follower of Jesus say to your pastor come on I'm up for this I'm a dedicated follower of Jesus if things need to look different let them be different if Jesus is going in a different direction with family church I'm going in the direction with family church that he's going in let's not be imprisoned by our past let's not be imprisoned by moments that we've done things in certain ways let's have perceiving hearts remember what the Bible says, do you not perceive? Behold, I'm doing a new thing. I really believe, family church, that we're in the in the in the moment where God is doing a new thing, and we need to have a perceiving heart of a follower. Jesus, I'm a little bit scared, I'm a little bit apprehensive, but I am up for this because I don't want to be found left in a building singing religious songs. I want to be where you are, Jesus, involved with what you're doing. So, okay, let's bring this for a close. We're ready for what God wants to do next. Why? Because we're not just believers. We're not just disciples. We are followers. Just because he went this way the last couple of years, if he's not going that way anymore, we don't want to go that way. If he's now going this way, we're going to leave going that way to go this way because we just want to be with him. Here's my final statement. We're coming out of this last season that we've known knowing that things will again now be different for family church different but I believe better but as he leads us by his spirit what he's leading us into is going to be absolutely brilliant his sheep know his voice and we know the leadership of family church know the voice of the Lord in this moment telling us the direction we need to go I want to encourage you today set your heart not just to be a Christian 
Christian that attends a church, but to be a believer. Begin to get in the word like never before and believe every promise that God's given you. Purpose in your heart to be a disciple, not a part of a crowd, but a disciple, somebody that's growing in their walk with the Lord. And my final encouragement today, set your heart to be a follower, not a stayer. Somebody that's not scared to leave what they know to discover what they never knew was available. I am excited about the next leg of our journey. Come on, let's do it together. Let's do it strong. And let's do it in a way that we glorify the risen Jesus Christ in everything that we do. Father, I speak blessing over every person today. Lord, if somebody's not given their life to Jesus, I pray right now, they would just pray that simple prayer that invites you into their life. Father, we thank you for all that you've done over the last 65 weeks. But as we move forwards now into the unknown, of the future you have for us. This we know, no weapon fashioned against us will prosper. And if God is for us, then who can be against us? God bless.